Hey, this is Saurabh, and I just want to borrow a few seconds to tell you, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm to get started. For today's episode, this is a movie that we've all been waiting for for a very long time. Let's go through a bit of a timeline for a second. It has been 36 years. 36 years since the original Top Gun was released in the movie theaters. It has been four years since it was announced that principal photography for Top Gun Maverick started. It has been two years of COVID bullshit. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying COVID's bullshit. It's very real. Please stay healthy. I'm talking about it has been two years that the movie industry has had to push release dates. Productions for movies have been incredibly complex. Protocols had to be created. Unions had to agree on all the rules. Insurance companies had to figure out how to make COVID work. It's just been a nightmare. Now, finally, May 27th, 2022, we have a United States release date for Top Gun Maverick. And let me tell you something, after all that time, we are really going to get into this one. This episode's going to be a little different. This is a spoiler review episode. So if we're starting with the fact that you haven't seen the movie yet, after I'm done shaming you about that, we're going to dive right in. Let's talk for a minute. This movie exceeded my expectations in every way. It is a 10, 10, 10 out of 10. Tom Cruise is back playing Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. In the story, he is called back to Top Gun to train a new group of aviators as they are going to have to perform for a very sensitive mission. And with that much information about the plot, I can already dive into the pros and cons for this movie. So with the pros, just that first part I mentioned of the story that there is a time-sensitive mission, it creates this ticking clock that you feel throughout the movie. Also, it helps build up to the fantastic third act of the film. When it comes to the interesting way in which this story was presented, and this film was crafted together, I want to call out two individuals. First, let's start with director Joseph Kaczynski. With director Joseph Kaczynski, we can think of the movies Tron Legacy, Oblivion, and the absolutely fantastic Only the Brave, which also had Top Gun Maverick cast members Miles Teller and Jennifer Connelly also in that film. The second individual that I also want to highlight is our friend Christopher Macri that I talked about from Mission Impossible Fallout. Christopher Macri came on board and contributed to the screenplay of Top Gun Maverick as well as was a producer on this movie. Together, these guys improved everything from the original film. The action is way better. All the photography that they got in the planes, in camera, is just out of this world amazing. Also, any of the story, any of the scenes that are not in the airplanes, that's also interesting too. It feels like a more mature story. Maverick feels responsible for this new group of aviators. He's still haunted by the memory of losing his partner, Goose, from the first film. And what raises tension even more is that one of the new aviators, Rooster Bradshaw, is the son of Goose. So right away, there's already tension between Maverick and Rooster. There's also 
a lot of tension amongst the aviators themselves. They're all very competitive. At first, they don't gel well together, and then the story progresses and you see how they become a more cohesive unit. This sequel also does keep some things from the original movie that did work really well. First of all, the relationship between Tom Cruise's character and Val Kilmer, who played Iceman in the original. That works really well in this new movie. Also, it's really great how there is not a mention at all about a specific enemy, a country, or anything like that. It is a focus on the mission and the team, and it really is about responsibility and learning how to move on. One way in which Top Gun Maverick does improve over Top Gun, the original had so many cringe, cringe-worthy scenes. This movie does not have that. Just totally different feel of a movie. Another really great part of seeing this movie is that while I would hope that you've seen the original, even if you have not seen the original, you can still enjoy Top Gun Maverick. And coming back to the director of Top Gun Maverick for a second, Joseph Kaczynski. This has been a really interesting career to follow. First, Tron Legacy in 2010, then Oblivion in 2013, then Only the Brave in 2016, and now Top Gun Maverick. I'm really curious to see what this guy does next, let's look at this. He has now worked twice on movie franchises from the 80s originally, with Tron and with Top Gun. He's done original sci-fi with Oblivion. He has adapted a true story like Only the Brave. This is a really great track record this guy has created. The soundtrack for this movie is phenomenal, only it's a little confusing with one part. There are four credits for the soundtrack for this movie. There's Hans Zimmer, who I believe actually did compose most of the soundtrack we hear in the movie. And then there's Harold Faltemeyer, who is the original composer from the 1986 Top Gun movie, and a lot of those tracks are used in this movie too. Lady Gaga also composed a track for this movie. And then also it shows that composer Lorne Balfe produced the score. I am a little confused with how all these parts work together for one soundtrack. Normally I'd be worried with that, I would think it's too many cooks in the kitchen, but for this movie, the soundtrack works. The only thing I'm a little disappointed about is that apparently Kenny Loggins in an interview recently said that he had composed a new version of Danger Zone and it was opted to not use that one in this new movie and they wanted to use the original. It's gonna drive me crazy now. I want to hear this new version. I want to see what he updated, what he did. The curiosity, is, it's just gonna stay with me. So, thanks for that. The cinematography in this movie, I don't know if we're gonna ever see anything like this again. This film, of course, had to work very closely with the US Navy. There had to be permission granted for filming at certain altitudes, using the planes, and then pretty much all of the amazing things we see in the planes, it's shot in camera. No CGI, no green screens, it's all practical. That might not sound like a big deal right now, but go to the theater and see this movie on the big screen, and let's talk after two hours and ten minutes have transpired. And of course, I have to mention the cast of this movie. Tom Cruise is absolutely fantastic in this movie. Jennifer Connelly is wonderful. John Hamm. John Hamm is actually a really great addition. He just plays an asshole and he does it so well in this movie. Val Kilmer makes a great appearance in the movie. Miles Teller. And so the cast does a great job. And one thing is that you'll notice with, again, director Joseph Kaczynski, as, I, as I've already mentioned, he with his cast, he likes to use the same people. So he's worked with Tom Cruise already in Oblivion. He's worked with Miles Teller in Only the Brave, Top Gun Maverick, and in the upcoming Netflix film that he directed, Spiderhead. He definitely likes working with Miles Teller. Jennifer Conley, this is the second time also with her. Only the Brave, and now Top Gun Maverick. 
The cast does a great job, and the director definitely has a lot of confidence in them too, if he's going to be working with them repeatedly like this. And of course, how could I forget the sound design of this movie? With the sound of the jets, the mock speed, the g-forces, absolutely does not disappoint. The sound of this movie it's why you go to the movie theaters. One other important part that I want to mention with this movie that I really enjoyed was that there is a part where Maverick is being told that his program as a test pilot is going to be phased out and that drones and autonomous technology is going to take over. Maverick's superior says, The end is inevitable, Maverick. You kind of set it for extinction. But Maverick pauses and looks back and says, Maybe so, sir. But not today. And what I take from that, and this is just me, is that I apply that to movies right now. The movie theater. After COVID and after the way that the industry has been trending, streaming is picking up more. Movie theaters seem to be marginalized more and more. And less people are going. The box office seems to be getting smaller. Or ticket prices end up increasing to make up the difference. I tell you what, for the longest time, I've been very cynical about this. And I've been probably one of the people you would hear saying, you know what, I love theaters like the next person but they're on their way out. After seeing a movie like this, I'm going to shut up. I love the fact that there are people like Tom Cruise, Christopher Macri, and so many other filmmakers that are fighting for the movie theater experience. For the cons, I really only have two things, and they actually don't really affect the score at all. It's just, I want to go over these two for a second. First of all, Paramount, I do not understand your release strategy. I get that there was COVID. I get the first time you had to delay it, right? Okay, 2019 didn't work, 2020, and then I get for 2020, you had to push it because of COVID. That was the year of the outbreak. But 2021, why did we have to push it again? What happened? Movies were starting to come back. Movies were even making money. What was the problem? I I'm just confused. I don't get it. I was getting really impatient with this movie. A lot of people who would hear me talk about it, I was starting to drive them pretty damn crazy. I know that's more on me than it is on you, but for right now, I'm going to blame you. The second thing, and this is, again, it's not actually really a negative. It's more of like a sad thing. Two people that were such a big part of creating the original are no longer with us. Tony Scott, the original director, passed away in 2010, and producer and business partner of Jerry Bruckheimer, Don Simpson, also passed away. He passed away in 1996. Both of these guys would have been so proud to see the movie that made it onto the big screen this year. Top Gun Maverick. Absolutely, without question, a 10 out of 10. So when I saw IndieWire write that review headline, Top Gun Maverick, best summer action movie since Mission Impossible Fallout? All right, IndieWire, you were right. I am not going to argue with you on that. This movie was phenomenal. I hope you check it out. Let me know what you think. Thanks for listening.